As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome back to another installment of the Wide Ride Podcast. I'm Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic. Joined today by Andrew Ferrelli of Team Raw, the 7-on-7 team here in South Florida. Brand new team launching uh, this coming season. Ferrelli was uh, part of the South Florida Express for many years. Knows many of the guys that we're going to be talking about. Is one of our uh, recruiting insiders on the show. Uh, very knowledgeable. And obviously, it's an important time as we record this around 10.30 a.m. Wednesday, December 14th. A week from now, Andrew, everybody's going to be signing on the dotted line. And Miami's coaching staff is trying to finish strong here. Last night, they pick up uh, Ruben Bain, the four-star defensive lineman out of Miami Central, actually went to the filming of the Nat Moore trophy that was being awarded to one of those uh, four players that were on stage, Brandon Innes from American Heritage, uh, Nathaniel Joseph of Miami Commitment from Miami Edison, um, and um, a kid from Chaminade whose name is escaping me right now. Edwin Joseph. Edwin Joseph. Yes. Sorry. It's too many names to remember, Andrew. I got Samson Okalola on the mind. Um, There's a lot of names flying all around right now. (laughs) (laughs) So those were the four finalists. It's going to be announced later tonight on on television. Yes, it'll be taped. But anyway, the four of them were there. All of them kids at Miami showed a lot of interest in. And really, I I would say Ruben Bain was, was probably the one that was most important to Mario Cristobal, especially in light of the fact that his brother's on staff. Uh, at Miami, his former high school coaches on staff at Miami, uh, and and his former teammate Wesley Bassaint, who won three state championships with him uh, at Miami Central, is Miami's starting linebacker. So, very important victory for Miami last night, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that's a kid they've wanted badly for a long time. Uh, they felt good about him for a long time. I mean, back in in the summer, it seemed like he may as well have just lived on campus at UW. He was there every day for practices. It was like a week straight where he was just there every day. Um, like you said, they've got his brother on staff, former high school coach on staff. They, they really did everything they could to make that one happen. Uh, and it definitely paid off. And they're, they're excited to get him on board. His production is undeniable. He's a kid that had 29 sacks last year and almost 50 tackles for loss. And he's approaching those numbers again his senior year with uh, the state championship coming up this weekend. 
So definitely a, a big time player in the trenches that they wanted. And I'm sure they're ecstatic to have him on board now. Yeah, he's uh, really, I think, six, about 6'3", 250 pounds. And Charles Fishbein of Elite Scouting Services, who I've had on the show before. And Charles is a guy, you know, that does a lot of scouting throughout the state. He and I talked about this. If Ruben Bain is an inch or two taller, he's probably a top five recruit in the country, right? Just because of the production and the skill level that he has. So he's a little short. So what? So so was uh, Aaron Donald. And look at the player he became, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with that. If he's someone that's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, just that prototype model, he's easily a five-star, top five, top ten kid. Um, he's not. He's, you know, like you said, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, uh, but he's got a very strong lower half. He's very, very uh, precise with his hands, the way he works, and, and his production. I mean, you can't deny the the numbers that he's put up multiple years in a row at, you know, playing in a big-time Dade County High School football. Yeah, uh, I think over 55 or 56 career sacks for him. Uh, he's got, I think, 28 this season. He told us last night. And by the way, I have an interview with him. I want to I want to post on the on the audio version of the show. I know those of you tuning into YouTube are, are, are watching this and saying oh, we're not going to hear this at the end of this of this podcast. Uh, but if you if you download the audio version, which is available where you, wherever you download your, your podcasts, uh, you'll be able to listen to Ruben's interview as well as Nathaniel Joseph, the uh, wide receiver who was. Uh, who has been committed to Miami. He's been a big-time recruiter for them. And I didn't know this, but they actually grew up together, uh, Ruben and Nathaniel Joseph, uh, since they were about five years old, playing football against one another. All right, so I wanted to take a quick moment to introduce some interviews from last night's ceremony uh, where Ruben Bain and Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph, two Miami Hurricanes commitments, spoke. Uh, it was for the Nat Moore Award trophy that uh, – was handed out to the top player in South Florida, Brandon Ennis, an Ohio State commitment uh, from Plantation American Heritage, was among the four finalists. He's still somebody Miami is recruiting. Uh, you also had Edwin Joseph from Hollywood Shaman, a two-way standout cornerback receiver, a kid that Miami showed interest in. I think in the end he could end up going to another ACC school. But anyway, uh, here's the first interview with Reuben Bain uh, right after he committed to the University of Miami. Obviously, picking Miami, making that decision. Ray Ray said he had no clue. You kept everybody in the dark. How how big did you want it to make it sort of this poignant moment? Um, I was trying to save it until tomorrow, really, but I, I was going to say it today and let it be broadcasted tomorrow. But um, I just I didn't tell anyone, so it would be a big surprise, big secret. Uh, most people had me going there, but some did it, some, some did, and now everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, what was the big thing that, you know, helped you make up your mind? Coach Crystal Ball and just the opportunity at hand at Miami. Um, they need help bad. They need it right now, and I'm willing to come in right now and make a change. Florida State visit, just, I guess, due diligence, wanted to see what else was out there kind of mm -hmm. deal? Or? Yeah, Florida State was uh, one of my top schools. It was between them and Miami. You know, Miami just came home with the win. It was it's not what other schools didn't do, it's just what Miami did do. They went they put in the extra effort, that extra step in the process. You said you came back I think Sunday from that visit and kinda of, that was when the decision was basically final. Yes. What like, just what was that conversation like with your with your family? Like what what was it ultimately that uh you know made you feel like you, you were ready to do it at that point? Well officially I decided to pull the trigger once I came back home. It was just thoughts and, and thoughts and um Remarks at that point before the trip and on the trip, it was just rumors up in the air. But I finally got the chance to come home and think about it. Told my parents what I wanted to do. Called Coach Chris Ball and made it official. Well, what was Mario's reaction? Uh, 
I know he. Yeah. I know he wanted you. Yeah, he was in the yeah. private. He was in the private uh, jet with Coach Coach Wright, the DN coach. Um, he turned bright red, <laughs> kind of threw his phone across the plane. So, uh, it was an amazing feeling seeing him get so excited, so hyped. So I really knew I was one of them. And then you know, a lot of home guys, uh, a lot of South Florida guys staying home. You mentioned that you know, staying home, bringing back Miami. Just where does that come from? Why do you guys want to do that so much? Well, my teammate Wesley did it. Uh, me and him had a great uh, relationship. We have a great combination on the field too. I felt like we were the best linebacker D line duo that ever been, been at Central probably in the history of Miami. So we continue on the next level in Miami. It's something great that we can do. We just we level headed. We know what we do. We used to winning, and that's what we're gonna bring back to Miami. You told me early on that your brother wasn't putting any pressure on you whatsoever. How how important was that for Miami that you, they kind of let you breathe? Uh, well, it wasn't uh, Miami let me breathe, but more my, <laughs> yeah. more my brother, and I can always appreciate him for that because that's something he always he always just let me know, just do his best for me and get that chance to do his best for me and just get the chance to think about my decision. I know I, I don't have somebody breathing down my neck that's uh, related to me. It was a good feeling because I know whatever I mind, whatever whatever I got in mind, is what he wants was best for me. And now I'm doing what's best for me. It, what's your relationship like with uh, with Coach Wright? Uh, if you talk to what other coaches he talked to, but what's your relationship like with those guys? Well, the whole coaching style, especially the defense, is second to none. Like I said before, the little stuff that Miami did that is not saying the other schools didn't do, it's just what they did better. And they, they were just relentless in recruiting. I, I could go on the offensive style. You think I was an offensive recruit? Just all the love I was getting. So just being able to talk to coaches. Talk to everybody that's in the whole program, really, from trainers to janitors. It was just major love being shown. Maui Goa told me that Mario would text them. He wouldn't answer. And, you know, Maui Goa wouldn't respond, but Mario would keep texting every single day. Mm -hmm. Was it sort of that commitment of, I, I really want you, that, that ultimately showed you that difference? Yeah, it was. There's some days, well, like during the game, because I'm not too much on my phone, so he would text me during the game. And when the final game over, it's about a good 10 texts, uh, unread text messages. <laughs> and him just constantly checking up on me and everything. And we'll catch up on the weekends the, first, um, the next week. So it was it was always being pressure, good pressure being put. Not like it was anything bad, but it was always that constant reach on the relationship being built. Yeah. Some people have told me he's like no other head coach in that sense. Yeah, he's not. I, I never met a head coach. That's what that's what set him apart. I never met a head coach that contacted me that much. And it was personal. It wasn't just off a business phone. It wasn't through a group chat. It wasn't how to get to this coach to talk to him. I had his phone number. He had mine. And we was talking to each other with no bumps or middlemen. What was the the message from him? And obviously, they didn't have the season that they wanted. You know, throughout the season where they were kind of you know having some tough losses. What was his and staff's message to you about that? The, um, well, they called me the kid of Miami. So they're just saying to really take control of the class and lead the class and be the face of the program. I've major opportunities there, being born and raised in Miami, having great success in Miami. Some consider me some of the best to ever play, so I have the chance to play for my uh, hometown college and do the same. It's amazing. That's what he preached to me. That's what he visualized for me. You say the key to Miami? Kid. Kid. Yeah, how big a Miami fan were you growing up? Was it like a, I, I didn't even watch football growing up. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's more just about the hometown, like yeah, that yeah, part yeah. of it. Hometown, too. Yeah. You were the Hurricane. Yeah. You were the Hurricane. I, didn't, for the I didn't watch football, I just played it, and that was about it. Uh -huh. um, the, uh, the, if I, remember, I think Mario's first stop the day after he got hired, he came to Miami. The day he got hired, actually, he came to Miami Central. It was mostly, I guess, for Wesley, but mm -hmm. just that commitment he has to. 
program like Central to Miami. Just how important is that to, to see um, that kind of like work ethic? I guess he has that priority he has on. Big because that shows he's willing to do the little things, and the little things go a long way with me. Nobody told him, nobody asked him to come to Central to come to practice. I mean, he could have went home, got his family situated, did anything, but he came to chose he came to chose to practice for the West and I couldn't really speak to him because of some rules, but yeah. gotta say some highs and bars through the air. So um, it was it was a huge stepping point for me because that shows that he chose Central. Not only just me or Wesley, he just chose Central as a whole out of priority in his recruitment. I'm gonna ask you about the chain music. Uh, um, my grandmother, she passed away from cancer about five years ago, well, no, seven years ago. Uh, her name was Constance Bain, and she was like the glue of the family, so if I could take her anywhere with me, I always try to. Um, so Ray Ray had one too. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are very spiritual in that sense? Yes, always. Um, always got the man up above and her up above watching. Ray Ray told me uh, you guys actually were offensive defensive linemen at five years old. Yeah, we were. How was Ray Ray as an offensive lineman? Uh, I can't even remember. I didn't know we played on the team until like three weeks ago. But um, we went to the Super Bowl, so he had to be good. Yeah, 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 I guess so. All right, so you just heard from Ruben. Now I want you to hear from Nathaniel Joseph, who's been a Miami commitment for several months. Uh, Ray Ray was part of the South Florida Express team that I covered a little bit earlier this year, uh, was committed to Clemson, ends up flipping to Miami over the summertime. He's been a staunch recruiter for the Hurricanes. He grew up, obviously, uh, with Ruben. Uh, the two knew each other from the city, playing against each other. Uh, Miami Central and Miami Edison aren't too far away from one another. Anyway, here's Ray Ray Joseph talking about uh, Ruben's commitment to Miami, what it means to him, as well as uh, – what's going to happen with the Hurricanes moving forward. I'll ask you the obvious question once these guys get here. Because he made the announcement tonight. Just how happy are you, Ruben's coming with you to Miami? Oh, man, I'm extremely happy. I mean, he could get us the ball back and get the offense back on the field quick. But, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, I'm glad. He, he accomplished a lot. And I'm, I'm so proud of him. And I'm just glad he had Hurricanes. When did you know? Just now? Yeah. You just saw you had a time? I ain't telling you had a time. I was clueless, but I know I was recruiting him. So, I know it was a good chance he was coming because I stayed on him. So, I should have been watching to see your reaction. How did you back? What did you do? I threw up the U at him. Yeah. You've been recruiting. I feel like I've seen a lot on social media, you know, hosting, you know, Samson over Lola and a bunch of different guys, you know, trying to recruit guys. I mean, how much would it mean to get you guys, you know, a big time top five class this year? Oh, man, I mean, that'd be tremendous. That'd be great. I mean, I'm just trying to build a class up so we could come in and compete and, and get back to the winning tradition. So, I mean, that's all our goal and that's all our mindset. We just want to win. So, I mean, just getting the best guys with the best character and the best attitude on and off the field, that's what we want. We want kids who want to play for Miami. Who got that attitude and that swag that one win? How important for the, you know local guys, you, Ruben, Chris Johnson, and Antoine Jackson, and Dillard. Uh, I'm sure I'm blanking on a bunch off the top of my head, but all these local guys sticking in Miami. Uh, how how important is that for you guys? Oh man, just just showing you know the, the other classes that it's best to keep it home. So just keeping it all together, keeping it all one, and keeping it standing home in your backyard and winning for your team instead of going elsewhere and winning for these other school programs. So I mean just. Putting the city back on, putting Miami back on is what we what we want to do, and it starts with the home guys. Because you know you teach you teach the guys that's coming from elsewhere, you teach them that tradition that we carry already, and that swag and that energy that we carry already, just being from South Florida. So I mean that's what it's about, just staying home. Because you need the guys that's from home to teach the guys that's you know from away. And just you know, the course of the season, obviously Miami didn't have the kind of year they wanted. But, uh, what was it the coach's message to you just throughout the year as they're going through you know some tough times? Oh man, come in ready. So yeah, that's that's the whole message. Come in ready, come in ready to work, 
and coming ready to compete for a job. So, I mean, we coming in ready to take jobs and do whatever we got to do to, to get back to winning. Because that's what we want to do. We want to win. So we, that's definitely the, the message is come in ready to compete and get to work. On the 21st National Signing Day, are you signing early still? Oh, yes, yes. What are some other guys that you have on you know, your eyes set on that you want to commit to that class? Oh, I want Sasson. We need Pancake <laughs> because it's all up front. I mean, he, imagine him coming out there on the, um, on the screen pass just laying somebody out. That's what I need. So, I mean, just getting a big guy like him, man, that's what we need and that's what we want. But it's a lot of other guys that we, you know, that we chasing and we and we going out there. And I know I'm recruiting, but definitely Pancake. He, he, might, he, might, he on my hit list. <laughs> <laughs> What's your confidence level there? Oh, no. I Florida trying to creep in, but, man, Florida better back up. So, we, we definitely, we, I'm definitely on him. And I've been tweeting out about him. I've been texting him private. So we definitely on him. I had the official with him. So we met him, been knowing each other for a while. So I mean, we hung out with each other that night. So you know what it's about. You know, we it's, it's all love and it's all a family tradition. And we can have some fun, but we, we the main goal is to win. And a lot of speed in this class between you, Chris Johnson, um, uh, Robbie Washington. Just uh, what's it like, you know, having all these burners in the class? Oh man, that's what we need. I mean, just you know, we we all watch Miami football this year, and they look slow. And we from Miami, and it shouldn't have looked that slow. So I mean, just bringing in some speed to just change the pace of the game is what we needed. So I mean, just bringing in that speed and that game changing speed because you never know any given second we could break out and do something. So you know, that's that's what we needed. You know. The big, the big guys. We need the big guys to make the plays and be the possession guys. But we need some home run hitters, and that's what we got coming in. So we got them home run hitters coming. How, how hard was it to come here? I mean, five losses in a row to end the season. How did you guys sort of keep the faith? Like, okay, we're stepping into the right thing here. Oh man, it was easy for me and some of these other guys that's in the class to stay because. You know, if a team not winning too good, you, it's a good possibility you could come in and, and, and get your shot to play. So that's been our mindset. Like, okay, well, they ain't winning, but we could come in and play, and we could change that trajectory. So that's what that's that was our mindset. So it didn't blur nothing with me about going elsewhere. And some of them other guys, it didn't blur at all because that was our goal. Like, man, we could come in and play. Like these. These coaches won't win us, so we could come in and we could get on the field and, and have a shot at the money. So that's what that was our mindset. So it, it never blurred with none of us. And uh, any of the other commitments, not from South Florida, you got it close with. You mentioned Pancake. Any of the other yeah. guys, and then you get to that group oh, chat. Yeah, Jackson, Jackson Carver. Uh -huh. I mean, that that's the guy. He came down. He came down for the Florida State game. He made sure he stopped by my game. So he was one of the guys that you know I, I really respect a lot because you know he. You know, he didn't have to come to the Raw game and watch me play, but, you know, he took some time out of his day to come and watch me play. I mean, he made me look real, real short in that picture, but, man, when I, I knew it was him when he turned the corner because he was the tallest thing there, so I, I was like, man, yeah, so him, was it was amazing just him coming down and being able to, hopefully he'd be my roommate. <laughs> can help you grab things. Like yeah. <laughs> you know what you're majoring in yet? I, I hear, keep hearing about how smart you are. Yeah, I want to do business management. So that's that's kind of where I want to go because I want to go to the real estate aspect because that's where the money is. So, you know, <laughs> football ain't forever, so we need some money after. <laughs> I was going to say, you'd probably be good on TV, but yeah. you, know, yeah. you don't make that much money. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you just about your relationship with Ruben. His dad mentioned, you know, you guys went up against each other one-on-one -on -one yeah. as five-year-olds, yeah. offensive alignment, defense alignment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Started at on, on, on the Optimus Park, Little League. I mean, I've been knowing Ruben, Ruben for a long time. We, so that's why I say I'm, I'm super proud of him. I'm glad he won because, I mean, it go back way back. So we watched each other growing up and, and playing. So, I mean, just being able to go against him at Optimus and him making me better, me making him better was just the whole overall tradition. So he won, but he won for me too. So we, it was a win-win. He came to Miami too, so 
you know, we got a Miami um, winner, no Buckeyes. <laughs> hey, I, I was going to say, um, how, how did you look as an offensive or defensive lineman? I can't picture yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a little guy, but, you know, you know, optimists we all little. So, I mean, I just, yeah. that wasn't my main position. But, you know, yeah. at Northside, we wasn't always the, the stack part, like the Ravens and the Chiefs and all them parts. So, you know, you had to play every position. You had to learn every position. So, I played DB, receiver. I played everywhere. So, me stepping in the O-line was just me helping my team when we needed it the most. So, that was just, you know, me having great character and me just wanting to, wanting to win. So, yeah. going to put my hand in the dirt to block somebody, that was, that's what, you know, that was about. And I know you mentioned talking to some other local guys. I talked to Zaquan Patterson a few, uh, like, last week, and he was telling me about, like, how he's been talking to you and stuff. Who are some of the other guys that you talked to uh, in the 24 class? Um, 24 class, oh, them, them, them receivers at um, Seminar. I mean, uh, JoJo and JJ, I mean, them boys right there, that's what we, we need, them guys. <laughs> so, I'm on them early, man. I know they got some time and they got some, you know, some options to make and some places to go and places to look at, but them the guys that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm keying on and I'm talking on because, I mean, I love to get them guys to come in. I see the spectacular catches they make all over social media, and I'd be like, man, you know, he can make my life easy because he can pull some of that coverage that I'd be taking. So he could take a lot of that, he can fuck me, but I definitely want them guys, and I, and I stay in contact with them guys. And a lot of them guys that's on the, you know, SFE team and the SFE circuit, that's what, you know, that's them the guys you know, I communicate with. I got to ask you about the... Uh the chain? Yeah. Oh, no, nah, that's this is one of my, my, my close, um, he was my teammate, but long time ago, he was younger, young, real young, about maybe nine, ten. You know, he passed away, but, you know, he been my boy for a long time, so I just wanted to wear this chain to, 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 to give him this image for, um, you know, the trophy and the good things that I have accomplished. Me and him have accomplished, so that's what that's what the chain was about. What's the name? Um, Quinn. Quinn. Quinn, yeah. We lived in the same apartment building, so you know it was always on the park, play fight, wrestling. That, that was one of them best friends. But he, he been my only best friend and my last. So that that my guy. He passed away when you were nine or ten. Yeah, yeah, we was yeah, we was little kids. Did you know that Nathaniel Joseph was actually an offensive lineman at one point? Yes, I did because we would make fun of him for that in, uh, in seven on seven. If any if ever dropped the pass, anything like that, it would just go back to because he was an offensive lineman. <laughs> Such an incredible athlete that he makes you forget that uh, where his roots came from. Just an incredible athlete, incredible person as well. Really smart, sharp kid. And and I got a chance to talk to Ray Ray uh, when I was with the South Florida Express uh, and and you guys uh, out in in California and, and Vegas. And, uh, you know, those two kids, you really think about the foundation of Miami's class in the city, right? Being able to get city guys. I looked it up last night. I think there's 18 blue chip recruits in South Florida between Dade and Broward in this cycle, uh, getting Bain and, and Nathaniel Joseph. Those are two of the five that you got. And, and I would say two of the more important ones because they come from the inner city and they're really smart, good football players. We saw what really smart, good football players from the inner city can do with Cam Kitchens this year. He was named All-American this week. But from a foundational piece, what it means to win in the city, Andrew. Definitely. I mean, that's that's a huge part of it. And those kids like to stick together. I mean, we've seen it with, with Ray Ray, um, obviously on social media, recruiting these other guys, but also behind the scenes, he has been a workhorse for this staff, just constantly in other guys' years and, and trying to get them to, to get on board um, and just trying to really get all these South Florida kids to stick together. And uh, I think, you know, that's obviously been the model for UM for a long time is to put that fence around Dade, Broward, Palm Beach. And it really starts with getting some of those, some of those inner city Miami kids to, to build that foundation and keep those kids home. And I think that's going to continue uh, hopefully into the 2024 class. And, and that's really the model they're trying to build going forward is keeping those top kids home and then being able to go around the country and kind of handpick elite recruits uh, nationally to fill different needs at different positions.
you know, last week I told you I was going to get up to Tallahassee for the state championship game to go watch Edwin Joseph and Chaminade win. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to go up there, but I did make it to Bradenton IMG Academy. I sat down uh, with uh, Miami's uh, two of Miami's uh, four commitments there. Francis uh, Mauingoa. That's the way he wants to pronounce, by the way, uh, like Tua Tungavailoa. He wants it sort of the same way. But uh, Francis Mauingoa, um, the five star offensive tackle. Uh, I got to sit down with Antonio Tripp, who uh, is going to come in here and be one of the interior offensive linemen. Played left guard right next to Francis. Uh, for the final seven games of IMG season. So they have a little bit of chemistry built there. Interesting guys. Um, have Those are some more interviews that at some point I want to share here on the podcast. I'm writing about them this week. Uh, but, you know, I, I think this class, you know, from my conversations with those guys, I think the one thing that stands out about this class is Miami's season was terrible. They were five and seven and they lost five straight home games. It was tough to stomach and be there and have to watch that. But I think at the same time, and you'll hear it in, in our interview with Ray Ray, they all looked at this as an opportunity to come in and play right away, right? Like that's really what this this group sort of did. And they had their group chat. And, um, you know, my understanding from, from talking to Francis and Antonio is the one guy who really wasn't a part of that group chat and participated a lot was Jaden Rashada. So they weren't surprised that he dropped out of the class. But the rest of them were all very engaged and they all just kept telling each other, we're going to be the difference. We're going to come in and change Miami. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they this class has been very tight from the start. Um, like you said, they all had that group chat. They were taking visits in here, you know, for a lot of those home games where Miami was not just losing, but losing by large amounts. And they were completely undeterred. They knew they wanted to be the ones to, to come in and make a difference, come in to start right away, especially a kid like Francis. I don't think enough can be said about him, of, of how good of a prospect he is. Um, I think he's a kid that will walk on campus day one and, and be Miami starting tackle um, for the next three years before heading off to the NFL. Uh, and just getting kids like that that can walk in and, and change the program, not only from day one, just but just over the next two, three, four years. Uh, that's that's what this coaching staff was really selling this class on. And regardless of what happened on the field this year, this this class believed that they could be the ones to come in and make a difference. And, and they're excited to come in and be able to play right away, be able to, to come in and be the ones that kind of change the standard here at UM going forward. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
on your happy price, price line. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I think uh, you know that Mario's very fortunate, and I would say the key to it all, and I and I wrote this in my story that'll be coming out in the Athletic, is Mario's magic fingers. He texts more than any head coach in the country. I spoke to uh, Lakeland's uh, recruiting coordinator Marvin Frazier uh, last week on my on my drive back from IMG Academy on Friday, just to ask him some questions about Cormani and and Cormani McLean, Miami's uh, you know five star cornerback commitment. Uh, Mario was making an in-home visit that day. And, you know, one thing he told me was uh, Mario texts these these players more than any head coach in college football, just his commitment. And, and that's something Francis talked about with me as well, that, you know, there were times he wouldn't answer head coaches or, or, or assistant coaches who would he just would put the phone down and he wanted to sort of see who really was still thinking about him. Because it's one of those things, right? You start texting somebody, they don't answer. You're just going to be like, oh, forget it. They're ignoring me. Well, Mario wouldn't stop. Mario would keep texting him over and over again, just saying, hey, I'm thinking about you, giving him inspirational thoughts. Last night, Ruben Bain talked about the same thing, that, that Mario's commitment to keep reaching out and reaching out and reaching out, it, it showed these kids they were really wanted. And I guess my question to you, Andrew, just saying all that stuff, um, you know these kids well. Uh if Mario isn't here and he isn't doing that, I know everybody's going to say NIL, NIL money is important. That's going to, the kids would have come anyway. I don't necessarily believe that. No, I, I don't believe that at all. Um, if Mario wasn't here, he's, I mean, obviously having, you know, the NIL backing and everything like that helps, but there's a lot of schools that have NIL backing and aren't putting up the recruiting performance that Mario is right now. Um, his dedication in recruiting, just like you said, how constantly he's reaching out to them. I don't know when he sleeps because it'll be four, four thirty. He'll be getting up to work out, go to the gym, go to the facility, whatever. He's texting these kids 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, texting these, these players. And, and that's just something that really resonates with them. Even, um, Miami's recent commit that flipped from, uh, from Michigan, Collins, uh, he was talking last night on his Instagram live about how, um, one of the reasons that he made that flip to Miami was because. Um, he had had a knee surgery this year and he said Miami staff, which is constantly in connection with him before the surgery, wishing him good luck after the surgery, asking how it went, constantly checking in on him. And he said the Michigan staff really wasn't doing that at all. Um, even before and after his surgery that like he wasn't hearing from them, um, too often regarding that. And he was the highest rated player in that Michigan class. And, and they still weren't reaching out to him nearly as much as Miami was doing. And, and I think that's another example of just how, that constant communication that Mario and the staff has with these players is really uh, helping to, to get them on board and build that trust that uh, a lot of these recruitments come down to. Yeah. And I, and, and I will say this, uh, it's not just Mario, although he'll get the bulk of the credit because he's the head coach. Uh, but, but certainly Dennis Smith, you know, behind the scenes in the recruiting department, so many others that are unnamed, right. That are, that are just, that do such a big job. Roland Smith, who's on staff, part of the high school relations. Uh, you know, when those guys come and visit uh, all the assistant coaches, um, there's, there's a lot of people behind the scenes, but the whole point is yes. NIL helped Miami put this class together. But I think Mario's persistence kept it together and made these guys feel like they were really wanted. And in the end, Ruben Bain could have gone pretty much anywhere he wanted. 
And yes, he had a lot of reasons to stay home. But in the end, I think it's because of Mario's persistence and kept telling him over and over again, we really need you. We really want you. Um, that that helps. And I'm not naive, uh, Andrew. I'm not naive to be living in this world where it's just a coach. They just it's not what I'm saying to our listeners. What I'm saying is if you didn't have that extra element, I'm not so sure Miami wins those battles. So that's it. Um, I want to talk to you about another battle Miami's in now. Samson Okunlola, um, the five-star uh, from Braintree, Massachusetts, their academy. He's obviously one of the bigger targets here down the stretch for Miami. Um, thought process on, on that. I know Gabby Hrutia from 247 Sports has put in his crystal ball. And anytime Gabby, who covers Miami recruiting full-time, says something like that, you listen, right? He's, I don't think he's very wrong very often. Um, it, does it seem to you like this is going to happen here uh, when he makes his announcement Thursday? I think they're feeling pretty good at this moment. Um, obviously, as a kid, it seemed like Miami was largely in the lead for for a majority of this recruitment the last maybe month or so. Things seemed to have swung a little bit of Florida's way. Um, he took an official visit there recently and everything like that. Um, but it does sound like over the last maybe three to five days, Miami has definitely uh, kind of put themselves back in the lead there. Um, everything I'm hearing both on the Miami side and from talking to some of the people I know um, on, the, on the UF side as well. Um, it seems like Miami feels pretty good there. And uh, the tone from uh, some of the people working on UF side has definitely changed um, over the last couple of days. It doesn't seem like they feel very confident up there in Gainesville. Um, Miami's doing a lot of work with him from, uh, you know, they, they're putting together a lot of plans for it once he gets down here, just from a branding perspective, helping him build that Pancake Hongcho brand. And it's definitely something that you can sell being in Miami on versus being in a city like Gainesville. If you're trying to build a brand, you're trying to sell a product, trying to put stuff together, get your name out there. Are you going to be able to do that better in a city with millions of people like Miami or in Gainesville, Florida with 40,000 college students? So I think that's, that's one of the things that they're trying to sell these kids that, that are really focused on building their brands and building that NIL value is you can come down here and do it in a big city where you'll have lots of opportunities, lots of people, or you can go to a Gainesville or a Tuscaloosa. And what are you going to do there? And I think that's something that's kind of resonated with him is just if he, he's really serious about building out that brand. And I feel like he sees that the best opportunity to do that is down here in Miami. And that's something I feel like they've sold him on pretty well recently. And hopefully that'll be the difference when he commits tomorrow. Um, you know, the one thing I, 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 I'm interested in as far as Samson is concerned is uh, what is the view for him long term? What is it that you're hearing he wants? Does he literally want to have his own pancake company or what's the plan? What's sort of the whole concept behind this with the pancakes? Yeah, he's he's fully on board with with going on having his own pancake concho clothing line, his own pancake concho pancake brand, uh, anything and everything you can imagine. When it comes to that, he he wants to push it out there, get it out there, and, and build that brand in, in many different ways. He's um, very focused on that, so that's something that they, like I said, they've, they've helped show him. Like, hey, if if that's what you're most serious about outside of football, coming down here to Miami is going to give you the best opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll see uh, how this thing goes on Thursday uh, when he makes his announcement. Uh, Miami's also in on, obviously, some transfers. They've got some more high school kids that they're after. Uh, you know, last night I ran into American Heritage's uh, coach, Mike Smith, uh, their head coach, and uh, they've got a state championship game to play Friday against Miami Central here in Fort Lauderdale. Um, but, you know, they also have national signing there around the corner. They've got some big 
targets for, for Miami, one of them being Mark Fletcher, uh, the running back who just visited Florida last week. Everybody seems to think Florida is the leader for him. I know he's mentioned that he could potentially take a visit to Miami this weekend. Uh, they've also got uh, Damari Brown, the uh, four-star cornerback, uh, as well as his older brother, Devontae, who a uh, former U- UCF transfer, who I think Miami's trying to work on to get them to maybe come together. But I think the feeling is uh, Miami's trailing in both of those uh, races, both for Damari because Alabama's sort of emerging as the, as the top team now uh, after they couldn't get Cormani McLean to flip. And then, uh, you know, uh, with, with Fletcher, I think he, he likes – you mentioned this last week on the show, Andrew, that he really likes – the college atmosphere at Florida, that you know, the small town feel, et cetera. What, what's sort of the latest that you're hearing on, uh, in regards to those guys? Uh, yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff with, with both of them. So um, Fletcher, I think the biggest thing is going to be seeing if he does make it to campus this weekend. Um, as of right now, he still has that official visit to Miami planned uh, for, for this upcoming weekend. I think if he takes that visit, Miami probably feels pretty good having the last visit before signing day. Uh, but I know UF is working very hard to try to get him to cancel that. And he did tell some people up while he was at UF that, you know, that was kind of the school that was in the lead for him at the time. Um, so I, I think Florida's definitely got a, a slight advantage there right now on Fletcher. But I think if he does make it down to uh, to campus for that official visit this weekend, that could, could change a lot of things. So that's kind of the, the main thing I'm looking at over these next few days in, in his recruitment is if he does end up taking that official visit to Miami or if UF is able to, to go ahead and get him to cancel that. Um, as for Damari, you know, Bama kind of came in and does what Bama does sometimes. Um, they tried to do that with Cormani and Miami was able to, to luckily shut that down. Um, and that led them to, to kind of pivot to, to Damari. Um, I'd say right now, Miami's probably trailing Alabama in that one. But if, uh, if, you know, he does show up to, to campus with Mark, uh, he already took his official visit to Miami, but, uh, I know if Mark does come for that official, they're trying to get Damari to, to, you know, show up as just a visitor or with Devante, his brother um and, and see if they can make some moves there so i think the the biggest thing is if they can get both of those guys on campus this last weekend to try to you know get some of that momentum back but as of right now i would say uh they're, they're trailing in, in both of those recruitments with fletcher to uf and Demar to alabama miami did lose um a commitment uh who was part of the class connor lou a kid out of uh georgia ackworth georgia who flipped to auburn after he took a visit there uh last weekend so right now really they're down there it's it, with bain i think they're now at what 23 commitments am i right yes 23 um but you know if they if they're able to get Lola. Uh, it sort of seems like between that and, and whatever they do here in the transfer portal, that they'll have solidified probably what they want on the offensive line. Let's let's just go, you know, kind of group by group here. What are you hearing as far as the offensive line? I know um, the former uh, starting left guard at Alabama is supposed to be taking a visit here. Uh, Javian Cohen um, is he is he made him and Samson maybe the, the finishing touches on the offensive line from what you're hearing. Yeah, definitely. I think those are the two that they they want most to, to go ahead and close out this offensive line class. Um, I would be surprised if they took another one or two in the portal just as depth guys. Um, but I feel like if they close with Samson and with Cohen, they'll feel very good. And I think they've got a good shot to do that. Um, Cohen, they've uh, been speaking with him nonstop. The, the staff's been in constant contact with him. And he is coming down this last weekend um, before there there goes into a dead period for the, the transfer portal where they're not allowed to meet or anything like that. So I think getting him down here before that uh, that dead period goes into effect is big. Um, he didn't take any official visits anywhere else. This is the only one he's taken is to, to come down here to Miami. 
And uh, I think they're in a very good spot there to, to land him. And I think he's someone that walks in and starts right away. I mean, he started on Alabama's offensive line the last two years. So obviously he's going to be able to walk in and start here pretty early. Um, so I think if, if they close with Cohen, Sampson, and then Francis, as well as some of the other guys in this class, they're going to be very, very happy with the way that uh, that offensive line class is shaping up going forward. Let's stay on the offensive side for now. Uh, wide receiver. Uh, they've obviously had some flirtations with a few different guys. I saw last night Seven McGee, the, the uh, kid who was formerly at Oregon, is kind of a running back slash wide receiver. I think he's going to end up going to Jackson State. Um, the other um, kid that they were after from Texas A&M Commerce, I think committed to Arkansas. What's the latest with the receiver position as far as getting that outside threat? I think they're definitely looking in the portal for that. Um, obviously, the the guys that they have committed in this class, the, the Ray Ray Josephs, the Robbie Washingtons, um, guys that are electric with the ball in their hands, but they, they still need that that big body, uh, you know, deep ball threat. And uh, that's someone that they're they're definitely looking in the portal for. Um, I know there's um, the kid from Texas A&M Commerce, Andrew, that they're, they're going after. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. There, there's some names that haven't hit the portal yet that I think they're, they're hoping do hit the portal this week. Um, but that's definitely a position where they're going to be working on for the next couple of weeks, maybe the next couple of months as we get into that next portal opening after spring to, to continue to look for a receiver there. Yeah. On, on the defensive side, uh, they hosted fr- uh, Francisco Maui Goa. Uh, you know, Francis's uh, older brother who was from Washington state had third leading tackler at Washington state last year with 60 tackles, how to pick. Um, it, it seems to me from, from talking to Francis last week before that visit took place, that uh, his parents would really love it if the both of them were playing football together and living in, in Miami together for a couple of years. What are, what are you hearing on that front as far as uh, the older brother, Francisco Mauigoa? Yeah, I think that one is, is I don't want to call it a done deal, but I think it's, it's pretty much a lock to, to get him down here. Um, obviously, he sees what Miami's linebacker room is. He knows he could come in and probably play right away. Um, he's a kid that the staff wants a lot. And, um, you know, having him and Francis down here together is, is a big sellboat to him and to his family. Um, so I'm not sure as far as a timeline on the announcement there, but I think whenever that time comes, Miami's going to be the choice. And I think he's a, a kid that can definitely help out that linebacker room right away. By the way, uh, Fr- uh, Francis shared with me that uh, when him and his brother moved here from America and Samoa, uh, you know, when, when he was in the ninth grade, which was a little more than three years ago, uh, you know, Francis didn't speak a, a lick of English. His brother Francisco did, and so he was really his translator uh, mm-hmm. for for the better part of his freshman year when they were both living out in California and playing for St. Thomas Aquinas High out there in California. Uh, they ended up going back. Uh, well, Fr- uh, Francis did ended up going back to American Samoa. Um, you know, that fall. Um, and his brother ended up obviously signing with uh, with Washington State. But uh, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, he really feels comfortable with his brother. And, and I think having, you know, sort of reuniting in college might have been part of the big plan here all along <clears throat> to have to have that opportunity to be together. And, and that's important for your for your, uh, you know, most important recruit, I would say, uh, you know, for, I would consider for, uh, Francis the most important rec- recruit in Miami's class to have him feel comfortable, to have familiar surroundings. You don't want him to get homesick and leave. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I don't know how long this has been a discussion for, who was something that's been going on back to, you know, when he was being recruited initially. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely something that, that meant a lot to him and, and getting them together uh, down here in Miami, both, like I said, to, to Francis, Francisco and, and their family. Um, they, they're all, um, very excited for, for that to happen and for them to all get back together down here in South Florida. 
Yeah. Um, some defensive linemen. Miami's hosting a couple of them this week. Uh, at Ton Mice at the Yale. I think it's going to be is actually here now, if I'm not mistaken, the former Texas A&M starter. Um, you know, he started the first two games of the season, had a knee injury, got sidelined. We mentioned him, I think, in the previous podcast as a potential target here for Miami. Somebody they could pick up. He's 6'4", 295, big bodied. Uh, he'd help, certainly help out. Uh, on, on the defensive line. And then uh, Kyan Bars from Arizona, another former starter, supposed to be visiting Miami this week after he makes stops at USC and LSU. Any insight into what's happening on the defensive line with those guys? Is there any other names that we should know about? Uh, those seem to be the two main targets right now in the portal when it comes to defensive linemen. Um, as for recruiting as well from high school, it does seem like they're in a very good spot to uh, flip Eno Etta, who's currently the, the top-ranked player committed to Michigan's class after Miami took Collins, who was the previous <laughs> top-ranked player in Michigan's class. More Michigan um, the, guys. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the Collins and Eno Etta are, are both very close. Um, Etta's a, a kid that's a top 120 player in the country, another big-time 6'4", 6'5", 275-pound um, defensive lineman. Um, I've heard he's trying to get down here on a visit this week as well this weekend, um, mm -hmm. but he's definitely someone I think they're in a very good spot to, to flip for Michigan. Um, as for the, the two guys in the portal, um, uh, Adelia from A&M, he just got down here today. I think originally he was going to try to get down here yesterday. Um, for whatever reason, they got pushed back. He's ended up getting down here today. Um, so I think we'll see how both of those visits go. Um, but these guys in the portal, it's such a rushed recruitment. It's basically, you know, these kids in high school, it's one, two, three years for some of them. High school is maybe even longer if college is being on them. Um, but with this portal recruitment, it's basically two, three weeks of, all right, take all your visits, make your decision. So I think those visits definitely play a bigger part. So we'll see um, where those kids stand after they get on campus over these next couple of days. Andrew, any other names that I haven't brought up here? I mean, I've tried to hit all the ones that, that I know are, are kind of the main players for Miami here down the stretch. Any other names that, that are creeping up that might be surprises that I haven't mentioned yet or you haven't mentioned yet? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think the biggest ones right now are, are getting Etta from Michigan. Um, I think they're, they're still working on, on JC Jackson from Florida. Um, and I think Shadarian Harrison's another name uh, to put out there. He's the, the cornerback. He's Cormani's uh, teammate at Lakeland. He's currently committed to Pitt. Um, he's coming down here for the state championship game this weekend and is going to take an official visit to Miami while he's down here for that. Uh, I think that's a kid that uh, if they push for, they'll be able to, to flip from Pitt. He's another long, lanky quarterback with speed. Um, he's actually a former uh, quarterback at his previous school, so he's, he's fairly new to, uh, to play in the position, and he's had a really good year for Lakeland. Uh, Miami recently just extended that official offer to him, and I think there's a very good chance that if they, uh, they push for him this weekend, they'll be able to, to flip him from Pitt and get him on board as well. Yeah, I asked about him. I actually spoke with uh, the position coach up at Lakeland, and uh, he said, look, he said that's a kid that's uh, – He's been pretty strongly committed to Pitt throughout the process. So if Miami's able to flip him, it might be one of those. It kind of reminds me of a Sheldrick Redwine, uh, right? Uh, uh, you know, when he when he was uh, t teammates um, with Johnson and and they were able to sort of flip him at the last minute from Louisville and, and add him to the class. So that would be kind of a similar deal. I think in the end, Miami wants obviously another veteran cornerback. They've lost a, a few of those guys. Uh, Kamari Rogers, uh, the latest DB to exit um, a lot of departures at that position. And yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about that a little bit and what you're hearing. A lot of fans are saying, why are all these guys leaving? I think part of it is, uh, you know, the coaching staff here has certain, you know, requirements, guys that they, they think meet the standard. 
Yeah, I mean, we, when we spoke last week, I think we were at around 14 and we're saying, you know, wouldn't be surprised if we get up close to 20. I think now a week later we sit at 17, eight, 17 18 range. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, with John Campbell leaving today as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, uh, you know, we'll continue to see that another two or three in the portal. I think that was always the plan from the start, even, you know, before the portal opened is there was a large part of this roster that this coaching staff uh, wasn't the biggest fans of and just didn't mesh well with, with some of these players and, uh, you know, just completely different personalities going from Andy Diaz to, to Mario Cristobal and his staff. And I think it, it you know, definitely takes here to kind of flush all that out, make room and, and bring in guys that they, they want that fit what they want to do here at Miami. Um, so we'll say I wouldn't be surprised if there's another two or three guys that end up leaving um, and just continue to make more spots for them in the portal. I, I don't think they'll fill all those spots this opening, but definitely as spring ball, there's after spring ball, there's another portal opening. And I think there it'll continue to, to go hard and bring in some, some top guys. Yeah. Um, as, as far as the cornerback position is concerned, if you get Cormani, I think you could pretty much pencil him in now, especially now that Tyreek Stevenson is finally sort of announced he's leaving and, and going to the pros. Um, you lose DJ Ivy, uh, really to Corey couch is the one experienced cornerback you've cut. You've got coming back at that position. So I think the door is open for a guy like Cormani, uh, to come in and, and play right away. I know obviously they also like the kid out of uh, Melbourne, Robert Stafford, uh, you know, he's a playmaking type guy. I don't know if he can come in and start right away, but, um, I think Cormani probably could, and, and you could probably get Robert to play quite a bit and then whatever else you can find through the transfer portal, um, you know, as far as a- adding, adding other guys here in the mix. Um, and I, I think the other position people are still a little worried about is running back. I know they picked up, uh, the kid from Dillard, um, uh, Christopher Johnson, who's a speedster, 5'11", 178 pounds, but really track speed, two time state champion, uh, 100, 200 meter, uh, dashes. Um, Johnson speed is, is electric, but you know, we know, we know that you can, you can get down running backs pretty quickly. Uh, what are you hearing on the running back front? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're very happy with the three that they have. Obviously they want to go into the portal and get another one or two. As you said, we, we saw this past year, how quickly running back, running back depth can, uh, can take a hit. Um, so I think with Trevante citizen, Cheney and Parrish coming back, they're, they're very happy with that trio leading the way, bringing in, um, Chris Johnson and hopefully Mark Fletcher um, will help share up that room. But I think they're definitely still looking at some in the portal. Um, a lot of the guys that they were hoping would jump in the portal didn't. Um, I know they were hoping Judkins at Ole Miss because of relationships with Kevin Smith. That ended up not happening. Uh, CJ Donaldson at West Virginia, they were hoping he would maybe jump in the portal, want to come back home. Um, and then there's running back from Notre Dame as well that they were hoping for. But uh, it seems like all three of those have stayed put at their school. So they're still looking at some options. Um, right now, again, that might be a position where they, they wait till spring to, uh, to bring in another guy or two and, and load up in that second portal opening. Last thing I wanted to touch on John Campbell entering the portal. He was their starting, uh, left tackle for, uh, basically the whole season after uh, Zion Nelson, uh, went down. Some people may look at that and panic and say, Oh, uh, you know, you, you shouldn't lose a starter. Uh, but in the end, is this more of a signal of look, Maui go up? and Oakland Lola and some, some really good players are coming in here and John, John reading the uh, writing on the wall, so to speak. Uh, yeah, definitely could be. I was a little bit surprised um, to see him at the portal just because the, the lack of depth deposition right now. And obviously he played a lot. Uh, but I think if they land Samson as well, he may have seen the writing on the wall that between Zion Francis and Samson that may have bumped him down to maybe the fourth offensive tackle on the team. 
and uh, and decided to head out. So hopefully they they do land Samson, and then I don't think uh, offensive tackle will be too big of a worry for the next few years between uh, Francis and Samson on the edges. Yeah. Well, uh, Andrew, I appreciate you hooking up with me to do this and uh, talking a little football uh, recruiting and transfer portal before uh, signing day. Uh, we're a week away from it. Um, Miami's got the sixth ranked class in the two, four, seven sports composite. I know they shuffled some of the rankings around, so they went from five and then somehow fell back mysteriously to six. Uh, Miami fans are just going to have to swallow that for now. If they get Samson, Oak and Lola, they'll be back in the top five. Uh, uh, any other thoughts here as we wrap this up? Um, no, I think, I mean, first and foremost, just getting Samson's going to be the biggest thing. If they land him, that'll bump them up to, I think three, um, behind just Alabama and Georgia, which was, I mean, come on off a five and seven season is incredible. And then I think the biggest thing just down the stretch this last week is, is follow the visits. Um, if Shadarian and Mark Fletcher and them end up taking those official visits to Miami this weekend, I think that puts them in a good position with them. Um, same thing with, with the offensive line transfer from Alabama coming in Cohen. Um, I think having that last weekend uh, of official visits before signing day is one of the, you know, the best things you can have before these kids make a decision. So I think just uh, seeing who ends up showing up on campus this weekend will will be a a good sign, hopefully, of of what's to come on signing day. All right, Andrew, thanks again. Make sure to follow him on uh, Twitter. Share your Twitter account again for our uh, listeners. Uh, It's just my first name, underscore my last name. So Andrew, underscore Ferrelli, F-E-R-R-E-L-L-I. All right. You can follow Andrew there as well as uh, all the work he'll be doing with the raw seven on seven team. When you guys get started, you said January, right? Is when you guys get going. Yes. So we'll have our big showcase January 6th. And then uh, the season starts with some tournaments uh, a couple weeks later, the first one's in Miami and then we'll be all over Miami, Orlando, Chicago, Vegas, Texas, uh, Phoenix, Tennessee. So we're, we'll, we'll be all over the country. Take us from the best players in the country with us. All right. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully I can jump along on some of those trips and uh, watch uh, the talent uh, put together this off season. We'll see if I, if I'm allowed to do any of that stuff. All right, Andrew, thanks for coming on, man. We'll have another uh, wide ride podcast uh, here, probably right before signing day on Wednesday. If not, we'll uh, have plenty of signing day coverage for you. If you want to listen to my interviews uh, with Ruben Bain and Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph, uh, you're going to have to download it on the uh, podcast. But for the YouTube episode, we're wrapping it up right here. Talk to you guys later. See you soon. This all about the you, man.